With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Frankie Tan, and today we have a very special guest, Mr. David Skolnick. Uh He's been a, a very good friend, and uh, every year uh, we like to do an Oscar show, and as we said before in our previous shows, uh, a lot of people did not see all the movies nominated, uh, so we decided to do a post-show. Uh, and talking about uh, basically about the winners, but basically what happened was, well, uh, change the plans. We lost our beloved Mr. Spock from Star Trek, big game changer. So we're going to open up the show with that. But first, let me introduce you to David. Uh, David, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and your uh, and uh, your website and all that. Okay. Uh, well, it's good to see. You. Good to talk with you again, Frank. Uh, it's you. been a while. Uh, the the website is Celluloid Club dot blogspot dot com and uh we've been going strong since May of two thousand twelve. Um and you know, we you know we we write extensively about um classic films. Uh we also uh will do some some uh, bunch of current films. Uh we usually do that once a week. Uh also do kind of uh, actually it's been really strange. One of the one of the things that we're we're kind of getting known for is our um, our obituaries, uh, which we have written like an extensive number of them in just the past year, it's amazing. It's probably been about um, eight or nine in the last year or two. Um, even going back to, to uh, when Maximilian Schnell and um, Philip Seymour, um, oh, but, uh, I'm trying to remember his last name. That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, when they died, yeah. Right. And then you know, there's Peter o, Peter O'Toole, Louise Rainier. Uh, and I'm sure at some point very soon we'll have one on Leonard Nimoy, uh, who was who was you know just fantastic. And and, and quite honestly, I first um, discovered Leonard Nimoy on the uh, In Search of TV show that he was you know that he was the uh, the narrator and host of of that before I even got into Star Trek. Um, I was kind of late to the game for Star Trek. Uh, um, I was born in '67, so I mean the show was off the air by '69. So I, I, it was in reruns for for an eternity, but never really got into it. Um, but then started watching him on those those in search of um, half an hour documentaries, where they're in search of the Bermuda Triangle or the Loch Ness monster or aliens or other really strange, bizarre things. Uh, and uh, he was great. I mean the, the the, the show sometimes would scare the hell out of you, yeah. but uh, right. he was he was always really good and very very serious about some of the most ridiculous things you could imagine. You know, they're in search of a Loch Ness monster or um, or or, the, or Sasquatch or something, and, uh, and he was just great. And, and just from that, I um I I was like, okay, well, I I, I said, well, Lenny Nimoy, he's he's on Star Trek, maybe I'll give it a shot, and. So this was this would have been, gosh, probably somewhere in the uh, 
the late 70s was the first time I actually saw Star Trek and, you know, realized, you know, what I had been missing. It was, just, it was a, I mean, just a great show. You know, it, it was, it wasn't as campy as Doctor Who, although it had certain moments like that. Um, and of course, you know, William Shatner's, um, you know, method of acting is, is can be, you know, hysterically funny. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was just like, I was like, I'm, I was always like, how in the heck did this guy get on television? But then you can say, say the same thing for like Adam West with, with Batman. It was, it was the same thing. It was the same vocal inflection, uh, the same vocal tone from both of them um, that no matter what the, no matter what the, the scene was, no matter what the, what the film was, he was, they were always doing that same character, which I think was like largely themselves. Um, but but Nimoy was great, and he was so he was so deadpan. He was, and I mean that his I mean what his character was supposed to be was played to perfection by him. Uh, and I, I really I don't know if I don't know of, of very many um, iconic characters like you know like Mister Spock. There's just just there's there's maybe a dozen, maybe fifteen or or so characters that you can compare, you know, him to as far as being iconic characters, and I mean, he was just fantastic, and I mean, his and his career was was one of one kind of strange thing after another. I mean, Star Trek, while while a you know cult classic and an, and an excellent film and an inspiration for. Um, you know, scientists, you know, for decades to come, uh, you know, you look at some of the things that, that they did on Star Trek in the, in the mid to late sixties, it actually came to, you know, to fruition. I'm, I'm still waiting for phasers, but we do have stun guns. So I, I suppose there's a little bit of, of connection there. Um, but I mean, I just, I, I also, as I got more into Leonard Nimoy, I mean, his music career is, is, I mean, just funny, hysterical, uh, I mean, it, it, it always people are always goofing on William Shatner for for his you know his um, you know his music career. Leonard Nimoy's is is almost as funny. Um, but uh, let me add a couple of uh, footnotes uh, before I forget. Uh, not to interrupt you uh, because you you put on like um, you know you mentioned uh, uh, quite a bit there, uh, which you know kind of reminded me of a couple of things. Uh, uh, let's uh, voice inflections. Uh, you, you mentioned yeah. Adam Adam West as Batman and Nicolas Cage when he did uh, as uh, he did his version of Batman and um, and Hit Girl. And of course, right. he was impersonating Adam West, and you knew exactly right. who he was impersonating. You know, so many bad yeah. over the years, you knew he was uh-huh. doing the Adam West. Okay, William Shatner, right. uh, everybody goes, you Spock must now answer for what you have done. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, whoever's doing William Shatner is doing the Shatner. Okay, right. Uh, yeah. Jason Alexander did a, a special. He did Ducktales, the voice of Ducktales, and uh, uh-huh. and he he was impersonating William. Shatner, you know the Shatner. Now, yeah. with, uh, with Leonard uh, Nimoy, uh, talk about his uh, career. Um, if you go to IMDb, and the reason I'm mentioning, I have a blog site which I've been mentioning uh, uh, for a couple of shows now, and that's VideoLandExpressBlogspot.com, and I posted it on Friday when I heard the news, and I've been putting a lot of articles and pictures and trivia, and I. Um, uh, there's two things I put, of course, the legendary ending of uh, the Rafa Khan video. I put mm-hmm. another one where he did uh, a video clip. Uh, I put a video clip, excuse me, of, of a show that he did with um, um, 
Oh, Mark Leonard, who plays Sarek, his father. They, uh, after the Star Trek, they did a show called Mission Impossible. Um, yeah. Leonard Nemo was, uh, he joined the cast of Mission Impossible, I think, in the second or third year. And uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark Leonard, who plays Sarek, the father of Spock, he showed up on that show. I put a YouTube video of that. And I also put a, a picture of Michael and Sarah. Uh, with um, Leonard Nimoy and uh, as cowboys, and I put a trivia there. I, I'm not going to mention what TV show it is from. I put a picture of that, and I said on the blog, uh, name the TV show. But I'm, uh, I just want to start with his uh, career. Uh, uh-huh. IMDB, and because you're going to follow this, everybody, this is your homework, all your fans out there. If you go to YouTube, and it's very simple to follow. Uh, he did a movie, uh, one of his first sci-fi movies, black and white, was called Zombies in a Stratosphere. Back yeah, in Republic Pictures. Oh, you remember that? 52? Yeah, 1952. Yep, 52. 52. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying that off the top of my head. I, thought, I was going to say 53, but good, 52. Yeah, I think it's 52. It could be 53, but uh, yeah, okay. Republic Pictures, one of the uh, the Poverty Row studios of, uh, of the day. And, yeah, uh, but, but if you go to, if you, uh, all you got to do is, uh, type in Leonard Nimoy, um, and you type in uh, old pictures or, or whatever, you'll get a whole bunch of clips of all the TV shows he did. He did a lot of westerns. He was in a, uh-huh. on, on the show talking about Jeff Bridges, the dude, the big Lebowski. His father, Lord Bridges, probably most known for doing the comedy Airplane. He played the extra uh, air traffic controller. Yeah. Lord <laughs> Bridges did a TV show called Sea Hunt. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Sea Hunt, uh, a black and white picture yeah. back in the uh, TV show back in, uh, I think, uh, late 50s, I think. Yeah, well, I mean... And then Nemo I mean, was on that. Yeah. Right, I mean, before before Nemo got on Star Trek, I mean, he was on... I mean, he had appearances on, on a ton of television shows. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, at least there were a lot, a lot of westerns. I mean, he was on, he was like on a Bonanza episode and Rawhide. Um, and here's another trivia you know. because I had, I had a friend. Uh, he did not uh, like, uh, he didn't like westerns, but he loved Star Trek. Right. So, uh, you, how do you think Gene Roddenberry sold Star Trek to TV? He said it's Wagon Train and the Stars. Wagon Train was a big uh, a picture, a, yeah, a, yeah, a, a big yeah. TV show like Bonanza. Huge. Yeah. Uh, the, the Virginian, uh, uh, Death Valley. I mean, the, uh, people forget the TV uh, in the fifties uh, to sixties. Uh, it was really huge with westerns and oh, uh, and, yep. and, and and Gene Roddenberry had to sell Star Trek. He said, "We don't get it. Star, uh, you know, it's a spaceship in a in, a, in, a, in a space and stuff." Right. And said, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a wagon train. Name of a, t- oh, a popular TV show in the in the fifties. It says wagon train in the stars, and the guy said. Oh, now I get it, and I say this, uh, saw the show, and uh, practically everybody in that show starred and one one time or another on a TV western. And if if you put, um, uh, for example, the first Kelly, if you put uh, uh, Scotty, what's his name again? Uh, oh Scotty. gosh, um. <laughs> sorry, Scotty. Uh, <laughs> you put Scotty's I'm, I'm real name. I can, Captain. <laughs> Captain, I give it all she got. I mean, if you type in his name on YouTube, uh, you will see all the guest appearances these guys did on all these uh, TV westerns. So most of the cast did TV westerns. Of course, William Shatner did a do. Uh, he did do one two westerns, but of course, he's probably uh, probably best known as the, the paranoid guy on the airplane with the gremlin on the wing. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, James Doohan is the uh, is Scotty. 
Thank you, Duhan, of course, of course, yeah. apologies. Uh, no George um, Takai in Westerns, I'm thinking. But, uh. Uh, George Takai, at that time, he did, um, he did the voice dubbings uh, for, the, uh, for the American version of Godzilla uh, Rays Again. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he got his start in that, doing the overdubbing on uh-huh. it. Took the Japanese yeah. version, made him to American. He, he was doing uh, uh, the dubbings on that. If you listen to Godzilla Rays Again commentary, it has a whole uh, good five, ten minutes about George Takei. Uh, doing uh-huh. the voices along with uh, Peter Alexander, I believe his name. Uh, he did the okay. voice of uh, Speed Racer. So those gentlemen <laughs> started in Godzilla Rays again. But that's a little bit uh, of um, footnote trivia, uh, George Takai. But apparently everybody else did uh, Westerns before they joined Star Trek. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, Westerns, you know, during the late 50s uh, up until the mid-60s, uh, were just incredibly popular on television, you know, and, and Gunsmoke and Bonanza were, were, I mean, two of the biggest shows um, of that era. And, I mean, they were on for, like, decades. Um, I think it was it would have been Gunsmoke, right, that was on for, like, 20 years or some crazy amount of time like that. Uh, that's it. The longest uh, western, here's another trivia for you sci-fi fans, uh, uh, Star Trek was always taken as the serious one, and the other big sci-fi uh, TV show back then was Lost in Space, which I'm a huge fan of. But they thought that was uh-huh. more for the kiddies. And the yeah, it was very was campy. Yeah. <laughs> very campy. And Lost in Space was supposed uh-huh. to go into its fourth year, but uh, the, the president of CBS, um, his wife, loved westerns, and she didn't like the idea of Lost in Space being competition for one of her favorite shows. I think it was Bonanza. Or, or some huh. other show, and the wife said, "Get rid of Lost in Space," and that's how Lost in Space got canceled because the uh-huh. uh, CBS executive at the time, the wife, did not like Lost in Space, and that's why Lost in Space got canceled. Luckily, uh, Star Trek managed to get in, it was going to get canceled and managed to get into its third year, but eventually, yeah. uh, some executive's wife didn't. They, they, they said it because of low ratings, but somebody didn't like Star Trek, and Star Trek yeah. got bumped off, all because all right. of the wives. <laughs> But yeah, but it is funny because some of these shows that you look back on now that that were that were really good did not last long at all. And um, and and like I said, um, Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek's ratings were never were never good. Um, and like I said, it lasted just for three years. But uh, you know, back then they would do you know thirty something episodes a year. Um, I mean, even a show like like Gilligan's Island, which lasted three years. I believe they did 99 episodes. So, which is, a, I mean, which is now, a lot. Yeah, I mean, now it takes you like now it takes you close to five years to to get that many episodes on television. You know, they're usually doing about you know 20 to to you know 20 to 23 or so a year, uh, and then you do so you look at some of the cable shows that do 10 episodes a season. I mean, to, for them to ever get syndicated. Um, is, would be a miracle. It would take them, you know, it would take them ten seasons just to get to a hundred, which is kind of like a magic number for uh, for syndication. A good example. Uh, and, a look at a look at the shows like How I Got Away with Murder, um, uh, yeah. Blacklist. They did about maybe like uh, eight episodes. Then they take a break yeah. for about two months. They repeat all the shows. Right. Now they're coming yeah, back, oh, on, yeah. and they're only going to do eight more episodes, was... and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the blacklist I think was even longer than than two months. I remember watching like the first you know eight episodes, and then it was like, okay, it's now been about three months, three yeah, plus right. months, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and yeah, and, I, I don't know. And and it is, it's right. It's oh, very oh, much oh. like it's very much like cable now because because cable does that. I mean, I'm, I know like with South Park, they do ten episodes over a period of like twelve weeks, and then they take six months off. 
Uh, example, a, a true, a true Blood, they managed to go to like 12 episodes. And the last yeah. year they said, okay, we got nine, ten episodes and we're out of here. They didn't even give a shit about the last season. They, they just right. pulled it a wrap. And a lot of shows are going yeah. down to eight to ten episodes, and that's it. Maybe yeah. Because of, they, yeah. of the budgets are going like uh, uh, right. to the roof. They cost like over a million yeah. to two million an episode. But to them, they call it a season, eight episodes. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's like you, you just know, you know, you just you're, you're you're just never going to, um, you know. I, I guess in a way, it's not a bad thing because the the pressure of doing thirty to you know thirty three episodes a season, um, and and doing quality, it's got to be a challenge. So it does give it does give um, writers and creators and and people who are who are doing you know all of the the behind the camera work and even those in front of the camera. It gives them a longer period of time to um, kind of, you know, shut down a little bit, get the creative juices flowing. I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing, but it's difficult to compare TV shows from now that are that are in that mode to to shows from, um, you know, the 50s and 60s and 70s. Some of the, you know, and even into the 80s, some of those shows um, were were on TV, you know. They were on for for thirty or forty episodes. Uh, a, a show like maybe like Carol Burnett, while I'm not a fan of it, probably did like forty something episodes a season. You know, they were on like every week. Yeah, uh, it, it was huge. And, only, they, they, and to them, they only took like a summer break, which was about eight weeks out of the whole year. Right, and right. And they would on... put terrible shows on in the summer breaks. I always remembered like uh, like the Tony Orlando and Dawn show or the Starland Vocal Band Variety Hour or something like oh, that. Oh, that was horrible. Tony Dawn was good. Uh, Starland was <laughs> yeah. Remember Jim Stafford? I, I don't like uh, spiders and snakes. He got about right, spiders eight, and eight weeks. Yeah, and, oh, yeah I mean, everybody, everybody who had, everybody who you know, who was a musician would get these summer replacement shows that were uh, just these little, these little hammocks in between um, the end of a season of, of 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 one show to the beginning of the other one. It would just be these summer breaks, which gave people original broadcasting. And back then, they would show repeats. But they wouldn't show them to the level that they do now. I mean, now it's like you know you'll you'll see two ep- you'll see three episodes, and then they'll go back and show you the first episode of the season, and then they'll give you a few more episodes, and then they'll go back and show you another re- repeat. It's um, funny because the old days, if you miss an episode, you have to wait till you catch up on a, on a repeat during the summer. If you were lucky, if you were you, lucky, right? Right. Yeah. If, you, if, if you miss a show like Thursday at 10 p.m., you had to wait maybe six months for to see that yeah. on Thursday at uh-huh. 10 p.m. and catch that one particular show that's being repeated. If you catch on that one particular night, nowadays, like for example, Blacklist is available uh, as soon as the show yeah, uh, Hulu. is on NBC. It's on Hulu. It's on Netflix. Right. It's, on, it's on all over the place. And if you got the, right. uh, the yeah. Hulu channel, think, yeah. you get this stuff right. for seven for only uh, oh. ten episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And well, actually, I, I mean, I watch Blacklist, and it's on. Thir- it's now Thursday, ten o'clock. Well, I'm, I'm either doing something else or or. or not want you know I'm the only one to watch it in the house, so it'll you know I will watch it on on Hulu Friday Saturday Sunday sometimes Tuesday you know the following Tuesday whatever it is I mean it's only been like about four episodes since it's come back um, but yeah oh yeah I mean I think TV TV viewing habits have changed so significantly in just the past five years or so that it's a it's a rarity for me to actually watch a show that I like while it's on live, you know, while it's being aired at that time. It's I watch it at my convenience and I think a lot of people do. 
Um, and getting back to, to uh, we probably should get back to to Nimoy. Um, well, like I said, he's uh, yeah. old, he was old school. He that's why he, he was, was on yeah. uh, he, he was on on so many TV shows. And the point we're trying to make is back then, yeah. like a lot of actors, they yeah. have to they have to feel like uh, I was in a uh, um, I don't know if I told you I was on the blacklist. Um, they, they they did a scene over by Coney Allen. And, oh, cool. And uh, what, what, uh, what you call it? And it, I was hard to get back on it because there were so many people of trying to be a, just a background actor, okay? Uh-huh. And and just you know everybody, it's just us background actors, just trying to get on the TV show is hard because even though they're saying okay, they're filming a lot in New York City, true, there's a lot more episodes, a lot of those channels, but they're not filming the shows themselves. They're not filming that many. They only got maybe twelve to twenty episodes for the season, and that is it. Yeah. And trying to get mm-hmm. in one particular show is really hard. Now in the old school. Since they were filming back to back, Lennon Nemo was just bouncing a lot from show to show. Yeah. There'd be work all over. Now people say, "Well, there wasn't that many shows uh, because there was only three channels back then." But nah. there was more. There was more consistent work because uh, um, there was a lot more guest stars. And right. now, nowadays, well, a lot of these shows are cast ensembles. Yeah, cast ensembles, and they have maybe eight to ten regular people. And the old school, they have like the maybe the three, four principal people, and then they have everybody will be guests. So Lennon Nemo would yeah. be bouncing a lot on these TV shows. Right. And then you would also have certain shows like The Outer Limits or The Twilight Zone that didn't have, you know, star, didn't have stars. They were guest actors on all of those programs. And uh, I know he was on an Outer Limits, and of course he said Shatner was on the famous. Uh, uh, episode of the Twilight Zone where he's you know, seeing the uh, the monster on the on the, the wing of the plane, and yes, yeah, so, I mean so I mean Nemo was was hustling. He he was you know he would get on you know he'd get a couple of guest spots, um, you know two to three a year on on various episodes of, of TV shows, you know like The Untouchables or Perry Mason, or like we said like Bonanza and Rawhide. Uh, yeah, if you, if and, you go to you go to IMDb, you said like for ten years he was doing all the TV shows, and that's because yeah. he was hustling. But you know, the, the work was more available back then as for an actor that you can actually yeah. survive uh, as you know as a uh, doing uh, guest spots and just. Right. I remember. I remember he, he did a guest spot on Get Get Smart that I remember. Uh, yeah, I yeah. saw that MDB yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah. that one. I'm trying to look at YouTube. I haven't found it yet. Uh, like I said, if you go to IMDb, type Lennon Nemo, you can see all the old TV shows, the Blood of the Black right. and White, and everything. Yeah, well, exactly. And, I mean, and and, and Shatner, Shatner did the same exact thing he did. I mean, the both of them were were just hustling to to make a living, having enough appearances on on TV, with the uh, you know the hope and the expectation that that they can land themselves as like a reoccurring star on some of these TV shows. Until, and, they, until they hit the big time, which was Star Trek. Right, exactly. Made then, him then, such an iconic yeah. uh, uh, legend yeah. as Mr. Spock. Right. And, and, the, and the show itself just is is one of those, you know, everlasting, sh- I mean, it's an everlasting TV show. I mean, my God, you look, it ran well, from 66 to 69, yeah. yeah, and and then you know, and then they you know, and you know, both of them, you know, all of them move on to doing other things, and then it's like, you know, they come back, uh, you know, a decade later with a you know with a um, you know, with a movie that then became a whole franchise of old Star Trek films, 
And, uh, uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, and, uh, back in the seventies, he wrote two books. One, I am not Spock, because he, he felt he was getting right. typecast. And once yep. the generation rediscovered Star Trek, that whole thing changed. Yep. because they wanted to see more of him, and then he wrote another book. Right. Says, I am Spock. I am Spock. Right. <laughs> yep. You know, twenty uh, twenty thing. years apart from each other. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and then and uh, uh, I think the most famous one was uh, Scotty. Uh, Scott Johan, and he's, you know, uh, he was kind of pissed off. He said, that, that's all they know me for. And said, you got to embrace it uh, right. and, um, you know, embrace a, char- a character because that's now that's your bread and butter. Something that you, uh, there's supposed to be a, a gig, a job that only lasts three years. Now you can milk it for the rest of your lifetime. It, it became your, you know, your 401k yeah. for crying out loud, you know? And um, what you call it? And, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, and for some of these guys, you know, I, for for some of these guys, I don't think they initially got typecast in that show because, like you, like we've said, the ratings were poor. It wasn't like anyone had seen these guys just do you know doing this. And it's like, oh well, I don't want you know I don't want you know Mr. Spock or Scotty or you know or Bones McCoy um, on my TV show because they're so typecast. It, it, they were on the show for three years, and like I said, ratings were were not impressive. Um, to me, I find that to be a very weak argument. Um, you know, it's like like when Batman was on and Adam West. Two things with him. Well, one, he's not a good actor. He basically does Adam West. Um, right. And sec, you know, and secondly, he probably got typecast for Batman, even though it was only on for two years. Right. Um, well, the, the, because, I, I'm going by the way the ratings, said. the ratings were actually the ratings were actually pretty good for for Batman. You know, uh, they the, the, were huge the first year, and then, but of course, the second year, the, uh, the ratings and no, going into the third year, the the, the ratings, uh, you know, people got tired of it quick because it was on twice a week. Right. Yeah. And of course, so, they, did, so, they did over 30, right, so, 40 episodes a year. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they'd be on what Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, I think. Um, right. Tuesday and Wednesday. So, so, you know, he he pumped out a lot of episodes and. And you know, I'm, you know, you know, I assume he would go on, you know, uh, casting calls and and not get anything. And it's funny because now, now to to a new generation, he's known as as Adam West, the mayor on on Family Guy, and it's still the same exact voice, the same exact character. You know, he's, yeah, and everything's to, uh, exactly the us, same. Yeah, and to us, yeah. remember him as Batman. We we get all the inside jokes. Like I was saying, but Scotty right. Tohan, he said himself that he thought he got typecast, but because of him. Right. People telling him embrace it. Uh, now we have these right. doctor conventions where all these uh, uh, all these guys are making yeah exactly. They make all the these look, right, and you look Hello. at you look at Chat you look at Shatner and Nimoy. Were they you know were they were they best known for that? Absolutely. But oh my God, how many how many TV shows did Shatner get after that? You know, and you know he was on he was on TJ Hooker for a number of years. He was he was great on Boston Legal. That show ran five years. And, with all the Star Trek for, jokes in there, because uh, the, right, the, right. David Kelly was a huge Star Trek fan. Right, and if you right. if you look at his season, a lot of a lot of Star Trek people, including Scott Bakula from Enterprise, everybody from Next Generation, is on uh, Boston Legal. So if you're a Star Trek fan, you haven't seen Boston right. Legal, you're missing uh-huh. a lot of guest appearances, a lot of cameos, and a lot of uh, a lot of Star Trek inside jokes all over the place. As a matter of fact, yeah. at one point, uh, Shannon picks up his phone and you, and it brings out as, as, as the, uh, the sound of the tricorder. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as but as soon as Star Trek was over, Nimoy went over to Mission Impossible, and yeah. you know, and did did two se- did two seasons there, um, you know, and then he did like I said, then he did In Search of, and um, he still was you know he still was doing um, some he was still doing plenty of TV when he wanted to, and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I'm just talking about hating movies. I remember he was in he was in Catlow, uh with um, with Richard Krenner and Yul Yul Brenner a couple of years oh. after that, which was a western. And, and a vision of the body snatches. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, with, he, I mean, he was, right. Yeah. I mean, he was he was in a, a, a ton of these things, and then and then like you said, I, I you know the the Trekkies made it made it into a cottage industry. If you were on that show, you know, if you were on that show and you were Nimoy and Shanna, you would command big bucks a few years after with the with the Trek conventions. Um, and then guys, yeah, like, guys who like Scotty or 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 you know these you know the, the second or third tier guys um i'm sure they made i'm i'm sure that that whatever whatever money they were making as an actor in all those other years they 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 certainly have made up for it between um between the star trek conventions and all these star trek films that these guys have been in uh, and 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 Nimoy was Nimoy was very much when it when it comes to acting, very much a Renaissance man because he went and he did he would do plays. Um, he was a director. I mean, he directed the he directed the fourth one, which um, uh, with the original Star Trek cast outside of Khan is is definitely to me the best one. Right. Um, you know, he. I mean, not that I'm a fan of it, but I certainly did see it back in '87. Was, you know, Three Men and a Baby, and he directed that, and it was it was the most. It was the highest-grossing box office film of '87. A lot of, and, lot of um, people, yeah. He, uh, him directing a comedy out of all things, and turned right. out to be a big hit. And being a director, uh, as a matter of fact, Three Men and Baby, I think is available on Netflix or somewhere out there. Definitely, if you haven't seen that, uh, Ten Dancing was a big at his time and Cheers. Um, yes, Steve Gutenberg and Tom Selleck. It's terrible now. You know, uh, it wasn't that good to begin with, but, it, but I liked it. Tom Selleck, of course, from Blue Bloods, of course. Yeah, it was you know it was it was cute and and the, like I said the the um, yeah um, Selleck was huge at the time with with Magnum PI and and you know Ted Danson was was gigantic with Cheers and Steve Gutenberg is I don't know he must have like really compromising pictures of somebody that uh, he received so much work uh, in the in the seventies and the late very well, late seventies all the way He's known as Mr. Police Academy. Simple as that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You okay, know, Dave. You know what I, I want to. You know what I want to do, Dave. I want to go back to uh, how good is your memory. I want to go back and pick up uh, our favorite episodes of season one, two, and three of Star Trek, and we end with this uh, trilogy movies. How about that? Oh, good lord. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I'm uh, going to show you. How, I'm going to show you how good my memory is. I got. Four pages that I wrote last night for this show, and I got them all listed in front of me. That's how good my memory is because I haven't <laughs> seen these shows in the longest, okay? And if you can hear the people yeah. over here, these are my notes. That's how I'm going uh-huh. to mention this. <laughs> ah, so you're catching me cold. <laughs> well, I'm going to mention some, some of the shows. I'm going to go in order and, and see if you agree with me or not. Um, okay, season one. Um, um, everybody knows. Uh, everybody picks the favorites, of course. Um that he started. Uh, I think the, the the most special one, of course, let's say Space Seed with Ricardo Maldivan. That was the prequel to the Vatican. Right, to, to Khan, yeah. No, definitely, yeah. Okay. Devil, Devil in the Dark, uh, where he actually uh, mind melds with uh, the Pizza the Hut there. Uh, the giant pizza, remember that? <laughs> no. What is which one was this one? A Devil in the Dark. That's what it was called the the the, the Horta. And that was like uh-huh. some, uh, some uh, uh, a giant pile of mud 
that was making tunnels and it was protecting his babies. And they thought it was like it looked like bowling balls. It was silicon <laughs> balls, but it looked like bowling balls. And, and oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he mind melted. It was like it was like brown and and pink or something it, like that. It it looked like a big glob of pizza. I call it pizza the hut. And he <laughs> and he mind melted with this thing. Okay. <laughs> And then McCoy operates it. Uh, he operates on his big blob of pizza. Okay, <laughs> it's a classic episode. But I mean, this is really acting as that. Ah, oh, you are killing, kill, no more, kill. You know, I mean, that, that is acting, of course. And let's let's uh, a classic. Well, what, he, what, what, what he, okay. Well, I think it's, it's coming back to you a little bit. Wasn't he doing? The, he was doing the mind meld, but but the creature was so hurt. And the creature was hurt, and then uh, um, and and then Kirk is telling Spock, "We got to communicate with it. Why is it killing everybody?" And then right. Spock minds meld with this giant pizza and tells him, "Like, uh, uh, you know, yeah, we, why are you we kill, kill- we're killing his babies. That's why he's killing us and stuff like that." Uh-huh. And then McCoy <laughs> says, uh, "You know, if I get some cement, maybe I can patch this thing, this pizza thing up. You know, <laughs> the show is hysterical." <laughs> Pepperonis around the halls. There you go. Um, it's a classic episode, though. I mean, but you know, yeah. I know some some Trek fans get too serious about it. How you can goof on it? Look at the episode. I mean, it is terrible. <laughs> well, let's let, let's go for the all-time classic, "City on the Edge of Forever." Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm. T- this is. That's where they go back to This is where they go through the port. They go through the portal, right? They go through the portal. Uh, and and, and McCoy, McCoy changes history, right? McCoy changes uh, history. And, of course, Spanker puts a bunch of tubes together, and, and it gets a hold of a transistor radio, and he knows how to get back uh, uh, you know, back in time and stuff, or, or back to the, through the portal and stuff like that, uh, with the British uh, actress, uh, Joan Collins, a classic episode. Yeah, and, well, I think they were in New York City during the Depression, and, and Joan Collins is in it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, you're really stretching my memory on this one. Okay, <laughs> and I, I, I said another classic episode of the, was Spock with Galileo 7, when they get stuck in a, they're using the show, they get stuck in the planet, and they, uh, they're they fighting all these big giant cavemen. Okay. Okay, well, let's go to season <laughs> two. I think the most classic episode of season two will be Amok Time, where he's got his, uh, I think, Pumfa, he's got to get laid. You know that oh, one? Okay. Right, right, yes, yes, okay. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that was the uh Yeah, that was yeah, one that, of the earlier ones that season. That that, that was yeah, yeah, actually that was the first uh, episode for that oh, season. Oh, the first one? That, that's when No Chapel yeah. had a question right. and she as you go right. stuff from, uh, his, yeah, his his mating ritual was just yeah. Yeah, she goes to some some uh, some uh, uh, some uh, some kind of green soup, and he throws it. I hate green soup, and all because he was all because he was so frustrated he wasn't getting laid, and then uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and and Kirk has to take his whole ship and bring him back to this planet. Well, you know, if he doesn't get laid, he's gonna yeah. die. I mean, talk about the extreme, all right? <laughs> The class A episode, another one I will mention is, of course, Mirror Mirror, which was addressed on uh, anybody who's, um, remember, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise, the last episode. uh, I know everybody has different opinions about the show Enterprise. I know you got an opinion. Let me give my opinion. Uh, It it started off good, then they really got backed down with the Zengis and all that crap. And I thought they finally got it right, and it was the last episode ever after five years. And that's when they did the Mirror Universe, 
where the whole Enterprise crew went um, uh, alternate universe with the, all the bad guys. And that was taken yes, off yep. from, from that, and that was taken from this episode, Mirror Mirror, when it was, I believe, it was yep. a, a Kirk, a Huda, Scotty, and some I forget the fourth one, and they meet up with the evil Mr. Spock. And Spock says, "You know, right. you are not yeah, was, yeah, my was, Kirk." Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Spock, McCoy, Scotty, yeah, no horror, like you said, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, it was McCoy. No, yeah. No, no evil, no evil Spock. Right? <laughs> well, actually, what, he had, he had the beard. He had the beard. He had the beard, right? That yeah, he had the beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Even even he was uh, the evil uh, Mr. Spock. He was still cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, it's just funny with the, the, they're probably trying to sell these guys on. Um, you know, the, okay, this is this is the episode. You know, this is how we're writing this, and and some of them must be looking at each other like, "What in the world are you talking about?" This is, you know, it's like we're we're kind of really stretching the boundaries here of, of, of credibility, but nonetheless, I mean, they they have fun with it, and uh, yeah, that, that's that is a good one. I definitely remember that. Uh, uh, okay, well, that, that, that was the that was the uh, the triple season. That okay, that's the next episode I was going to mention. By the way, the trouble with oh, the triples. Okay. Yeah. Where, uh, where Kirk is saying, oh, how's this, uh, how's this happening? What? And McCoy says, oh, they're duplicating. Uh, you right. know, uh, I think they're duplicating like 10 per second. And, of course, Spock comes up, actually, Doc, the, 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 at the rate they're going, they're, trying, they're multiplying by the rate of 1 million, 0. 0.56, 0. 0.5, whatever, whatever. <laughs> only, only Spock can come up with an, uh, a piece of algebra right. like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 0.000.1, you know? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Classic episode, you know. I mean, yep. you know, he had he had some good liners, even though he was trying to say them serious. And of course, right? I think they were Yeah, I think they would. They the, the guy was like, uh, um, it was Cyrano Jones or something like that. The, the the guy's orders removed the tribbles, um, and and yeah, and and I think Spock says. Uh, that would take uh, 17.9 years to remove all of these from the station. And yeah, and it's, uh, exactly. yeah fun. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually, it's a, I mean, it, it's a, it's a classic episode because it's so funny. Um, and these little, I mean, these little fuzzy, they look like little fuzzy slippers all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, I thought they were William Shatner's toupees. Ooh. Right, yeah, they did very well. Yeah, they were a little thick for his toupees, but uh. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, the one that nobody wants to mention, the third season, or uh, the third season opened up with this episode, Spock's Brain, which is considered the worst episode of the all three seasons. <laughs> remember that one? Uh, yeah, we don't want to remember that one. <laughs> uh, I think there's this is what they have. Um, the uh, the female alien comes aboard and uh, takes Spock's brain, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I remember this one. Yeah. Yeah, because take his brain, but his body's okay. His you body's know, he, okay. He, it, it's dying, but it, but it's like, you know, his his body can, can survive in like a brainless state, um, you know, for, for a certain amount of, I think it's like 24 hours or something. It's just right. comical. Yeah, just really very, very funny. And, and then uh, they, they, they put this metal thing on his head. Uh, said, uh, and McCoy's like, well, if I put this thing on his head, I think I, I can, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> stretch his life expertise maybe to another 48 hours. But, Jim, i right. got to have his brain back. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's like funny. It's like, okay, now, now how do you get the brain back in? You know? 
Exactly. Then you, then you see him doing the operation, and he's like, right. oh, and McCoy's face says it all. I mean, the, the, uh, uh, huh. oh, my God, I, I, all these nerves, i got to connect them. I don't know what to do. If I, man, if I screw up with one of these nerves, then he, he, he huh. won't live. I, I can kill him. I said, holy crap. <laughs> what was he thinking when he read the script? It's like, you, right, yeah. this, you do this with a straight face? Oh, I forgot. I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Okay, and let's. Uh, any other episode you could think of offhand that you remember uh, Spock in the TV show? Oh gosh, and, and no, no, those 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 would be some good ones. Those definitely okay. would be some good ones. And uh, okay, we got last fifteen minutes. Let's uh, dedicate. Let's do the. Um, okay, everybody uh, calls. Uh, let's talk about the motion pictures. Star Trek: The Motion Picture, boring. Let's start with the trilogy, as I like to call it, because I love I love these three trilogy. Uh, the Rathacon, Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Rishi directed, and of course yeah. with Skip Final Fourteen. Uh, the final uh-huh. frontier, excuse me. Uh, and then yeah. he, his last uh, directed picture was Undiscovered Country, which uh, Leonard Nemo directed. But Khan, such for Spock and Bovish Home, I love. I just love the whole concept of the trilogy. He dies. Yeah. They they look for him, and of course they look for the whales. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How you know? But it's like uh, of them. I I think the I think the third one is probably the the, the weakest of the bunch. But um, I I like I like I love the whales. I, I mean, I, I don't know what it was. I just, I love that one. But I, I mean, but without, without Wrath of Khan, without, you know, uh, without them playing off of, of Ricardo Montalban, that, that, you know, there wouldn't have been a third movie. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of surprised it was a second movie after the first one. Um, because the first one is just so unbelievably terrible and boring that, uh, they're able to that you know they were, they were that they were given a chance to have a second one was well the, the was first one save the franchise. Well, the first one did make a lot of money uh, internationally, and uh, they gave him a chance to do a second one, but because they cut the budget about like two thirds. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. ten million. Good luck at making it. But again, it was you know yeah, but it but it does go to show you that you could make a a a significantly better movie on a significantly smaller budget. And I, 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 to, to me, I mean, all Star Trek movies are, are, um, you know, they're, they're judged against the wrath of God. It's, it's really, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not worried about the special effects or, or any of that stuff. And some of it even looks prehistoric and probably, you know, and did when it came out, um, much, you know, but, uh, it, it is just the, the, the acting and, um, the ability for them to play off of each other is is just incredible, and I mean, and that that's you know that's that's a lot that's a lot on on Montalban. I mean, he was he was, you know, if anyone knows him at all, it's probably from Fantasy Island. But the guy had an incredibly successful movie career decades before that, um, and you know was an exceptionally talented actor and. My my favorite of his would be as Amando and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, where she made a little cameo at the end. Of yeah, the you know what? And he's great in that too. Yeah, in both of them. He, he and then um he and then he because uh, but he, he's he's in a little bit in Return at the very end, and then yeah, and then Conquest. Uh, he's there at the beginning under the uh, under the the Truth Light and jumps out jumps out the window. And, right. uh, and so yeah. he, he had a good career. As a matter of fact, um, yeah. one of his first movies he had starred in it was called Battleground, 
Uh, yeah, uh, excellent. He's extraordinarily good in that one. It's a, a, yeah. a, that's a, there's clips of that available. I had a clip of that on YouTube that made me take it down, but you can see other clips of that. Okay. It's called Battleground. It's a World War II picture uh, and black it's and white. TC, if you got TCM, it's on pretty regularly. It's probably it's probably on like once every two months. Oh, okay. So anybody yeah. wants to check that out, that's a trivia. Yeah, with, yeah, anyone with TCM, it's on like once every two months. Great uh, but, film. Okay, that's what the kind Let's get to such for Spock. You, now, you found out the weakest. I'm, I'm sorry? You, you found out the such for Spock the, the weakest out of uh, that trilogy. Out of, those, out of those three? Yeah, not that it's a bad movie. Um, but I, I just, I, I think of, of those three, if, if, if that's all we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, I think that, 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 that the third one was the weakest. Now, but I will, I will say that of all of the Star Trek movies with the original cast, um, you know, two, three, and four are are, are clearly better than, than any of the other ones. So, and and I haven't I, I've seen a few of the non-original cast Star Treks, and again, I, I just you know, three's three's a good movie, and and if I you know if I would if I would rank them by my favorite Star Trek movie, and like I said, by no means I've seen all of them. I probably have seen like maybe six or seven. Um, I'd go two, four, three, and then everything else would just be, you know, below that. Yeah, well, it would, okay, I think I, I can speak for everybody. It'd be uh, probably the the Rathacon, the Voyage Home, um, and probably um, for the next generation, the Final Contact when they fight the Borg. Uh, everybody agrees that uh, start with the next generation. When they went to movies, they all sucked. Generations, they they blew it. They had a great opportunity with uh, yeah. with Picard and Kirk. They just blew it. Resurrection sucked, and nobody even uh, wants to talk about the last one. With uh, was it uh, not Insurrection? The the one followed. Uh, I can't even. I didn't can't even think. Oh of the name of yeah, what the oh the the last one that they just did. Uh, oh, Nemesis. Yeah, nobody even talks yeah. about that. I mean, and not even the Trek fans went to see that. But we're not even talking <laughs> about that. Okay, um, Bowie Shom, you love that. I love that, and I, I managed to drag non-Star Trek fans, including my girlfriend, to that, and she she loved it. And she didn't even question who are these characters and uh, why they're right. keeping on uh, on on uh, Chekhov with his Russian accent. She didn't question it. She just enjoyed the ride without knowing the characters. <laughs> I mean, that's how that that movie was. That it, uh, Leonard Nimoy he managed to take a whole uh, franchise, a whole um, say a space opera. And translated, of course, it helped out with a good script. But he managed to translate it to uh, the general po- movie theater population that would never usually go see a Star Trek movie. I mean, yeah. so he, he yeah. was successful, very successful as a director, translating Star Trek for for everybody at home. Right. Well, it was yeah. It's just that after a while, Shatner became unbearable to deal with, which uh, which um, was just like okay. Uh, it's like okay, well, we're not gonna. You know, if if Shatner's gonna be in it, you know, then then you know he doesn't want some other guys in it, and uh, and you know, you need your Kirk. So so there, there you go. If you want to, you want to yeah. know how bad Kirk was on on these films, just go back to YouTube, type in George uh-huh. McKay, and George yep. McKay has got about a hundred videos putting down right. Shatner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and can spend the whole afternoon watching yeah. those videos. Yeah. Right, and then George was George was done, <laughs> you know, on the movies at that point. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> okay, and then the last one will be Undiscovered Country. That was the last Star Trek he directed. Uh-huh. What, do you, what do you think yeah. of that? Yeah, one? the sixth one. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean it's okay. Yeah. The the, uh, the the problem I found with that one was everybody was kind of like it was Shatner McCoy and the planet, and then it was Captain's. Uh, uh, well, he well. Mr. Spock or Captain Spock? Well, Captain Spock, he was on uh, on the starship, so they, you know they yeah. weren't actually together. They got separated, and, and I think that's what kind of hurt the movie because everybody was right. together. Even the final, final yeah. series, all the fans agreed that it was not a great movie. You still had all three of them together. You know, yeah. you had, yeah. they had the, the Kirk McCoy and Spock chemistry. You know, at right. least the, the, the Final Frontier did capture that. And so they didn't capture any script whatsoever. Well, Shannon gets half the blame because he came up with the story. And Roddenberry did a, a story on finding God, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. But, but the other point with the Final Frontier is they, they kind of have to budget on him. When he started production, they're saying, oh, by yep. the way, we, you don't have the $40 million. We, we cut you down to 20 Just when he started yeah, production. Was, yeah, right. And, and meanwhile, the box office was close to $100 million on it. Yeah, so, I mean, it was still a moneymaker, yeah. regardless. Right. Yeah. Okay, we got the box office. Yeah, got, I got, actually got nominated for a couple of Oscars, too, for, for makeup and sound effects. And, uh, you know, and, but, but yeah, it, it's like, okay. It, you know, it, it, it's, okay. It's, funny, it, it's, it's funny because that uh, the special effects, he, uh, the, since they cut his budget, he had to do this. Uh, the, the special effects house was uh, based in New Jersey out of all places. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, if you look at the special effects, there's no better place to go than Jersey. Are you from Jersey? And I grew up on Staten Island, so I'm very familiar with New Jersey. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. Okay, we got three minutes left. Any other last uh, praises for uh, Lennon Nimoy? I, I mean, I just think that that uh, you know, here was a guy who could have have very easily fallen into. That 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 typecast, as we had mentioned earlier, because he was such you know he was such an iconic character, and um, you know like you said, spent years um, not embracing that, while at the same time finally coming to the realization that okay this is this is what I am. But on the flip side, he was able to to evolve and do other things, and and had a you know had a, a, a very successful career in in film because he you know he wouldn't um you know he wouldn't go away and 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 worked at at you know worked at his craft, worked at doing um what it was that, that he did best, which was acting. And whether it was um you know in you know doing doing broad you know doing plays, doing television, doing film you know, whatever the case may be, he was, you know, I, you know, he he kind of here's a guy who was an iconic character, and yet he was able to to move past that, come back to it when he wanted to with the films. Um, just the versatility uh, of him is is just, just incredible, and him more so probably than than any of the other characters and any of the other actors on that show. Uh, he did have a very successful career uh, to the point where, uh, at that particular time for the box office, Bowers Home was the most successful. And said, "Well, you thought was only Star Trek." Then he went to do Three Men and a Baby, the highest-grossing mm-hmm. comedy of that year. Um, and and then he went into uh, doing Broadway. Um, what what Broadway show? Oh, he's right. He did Vincent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Vincent. Yeah, I mean he's. What, what what was Vincent about? Vincent who? It was a character. 
yeah, no, you're catching me. I'm trying to figure out. Um, he did a, a very famous uh, person in real life. He did that right, on Broadway. Yeah. In for yeah. photography, he did poetry. I mean, you know, he he covered. Yeah, a lot I mean, of, I mean, like things. I said, the you know the music was always a little comical for me, but he took it very seriously. And, Thank uh, you. I forgot to yeah. mention that on our blog, uh, the legend of Bilbo Baggins, uh, him singing the song on Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> I that video on our blog. So I'm going to end the show. Uh, don't forget our blog, uh, Video Land Express at blackspot.com. Just Google Video Land Express, my blog, and you'll find it. A bunch of, there's a trivia there, there's a couple of videos. You hear him singing The Legend of Bilbo Baggins. I forgot to mention that. The video is fantastic singing. with the girl, with the girls dancing on the beach. Uh, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> it is to be, if you have not seen it, you must. Okay, don't forget that. that uh, and, and that the blog, is, I put that up on Friday. Uh, so uh, and I reposted it Saturday and today Sunday, and I will have another sh- uh, brand new show this coming week. Uh, I'd like to thank David for joining me on the show today. We were, we were supposed to do a post Oscar show. Obviously, you know me and David are big, huge sci fi fans. Uh, yeah. Oscar Oscar went right out the window. Sorry, Oscar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some things are just more important. What can I tell you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and David, uh, let everybody know again what uh, what is uh, your website blog site at. Uh, it is celluloidclub.blogspot.com. And by the way, and, the way uh, I met, uh, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And the, the way, um, and you might uh, go to our Google community, okay? Uh, yeah. We both, that's how I met David. We made him uh, to share a movie community. That's on Google+. Plus. Uh, I also have another community that I set up for all you Godzilla fans. But that's how I met David. I, made the, I, I met David on um uh, one of the yeah, to catch a movie. To catch a movie. And yeah. uh, we, we post a lot of old movies. He posts a uh, cellular club. Every now and then, if a Blu-ray comes out, I do my little mini review, and I post it on there. Uh, I'll put that on my blog site on the next one for you for that link. You have to be part of Google, just like you're part of Facebook, like that. But uh, that's why I met David. And then, uh, yeah. David, thank you again for joining me. And uh, Thank you for having me. And no problem. And um, hopefully you'll come back on soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, okay. Now that we got talk show radio, because before we were on Black Talk Radio, and now uh, that's back to a half an hour and talk show radio, we can do a two-hour show. So maybe they would join me for a huge two-hour show. And like I said, if you've been listening to the previous shows, pretty soon uh, we're going to have the chat room open, and we'll be able to take phone calls. Okay, that's what the show, uh, talk show is going to be pointing to. And um, so right now you, you're listening to our kind of like uh, you know preview shows. Again, David, thank you for joining Thank you. Have a and great every- one. Okay, everybody, thanks for uh, listening. And there will be another show coming in uh, within the week. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. All right, sounds good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.